Welcome to the Leadership Levers Podcast. I'm your host, Will Gladhart, CEO of Connect to Metrics. At Connect to Metrics, we help organizations strengthen their culture one action at a time. We're here today to learn about the actions leaders have taken to address cultural change. Our guest today is Laura Burnside, the Chief Experience Officer and Executive Coach at CSE Leadership. Thanks for taking the time to join us today. I thought we would start by having you share with our audience a bit about yourself and your organization or your background. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. It's always an honor and a privilege to get to talk with people who have the same heart and and soul and mind for helping drive outcomes in organizations. So I'm very grateful to be here. I uh, I am the co-founder of a company called CSE Leadership. We are a boutique global consulting and executive coaching firm and um, have the privilege of working primarily in the healthcare space, as is um, our our backgrounds as co-founders, but certainly mine. I have worked as a chief experience officer for almost 30 years, which is really hard to even believe, and uh, have had the joy and honor and privilege of working with a couple of hundred organizations across the country over the years, helping them really build cultural foundations that allow them to perform and be their best. And I continue that work to this day and look forward to seeing where this next future chapter takes us as, as healthcare is, you know, specifically has just changed and adjusted so much in the last few years. And we have so much work to do and so much to celebrate as well as we continue to look for ways to honor and value those who come through the doors of our healthcare facilities. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thanks so much for sharing that. So we will be discussing three questions today. Mm-hmm. So as a warm up to start our conversation, would you share why you believe that a healthy culture is critical? I think it's the most critical thing that you have as an organization. For one thing, it it's a definition of what your values are, what your beliefs are, what your behaviors can look like as an organization. And we find so often that those we work with can't really define who they are. And so as a leadership team, if you can't define who you are organizationally and what cultural standards you have, it's really difficult for your frontline team members to be able to explore and explain that and and really behave in a way that is consistent with those values and expectations. So it's not just about defining, you know, what who are we and what's our purpose, but it's also an, an ability to attract and retain people. And in today's, I think we'll talk about this in a minute, but, you know, number one problem these days is workforce, you know, even up to the point where yesterday I was out to breakfast with my business partner and there's clearly no one to work and, you know, to be able to even take care of, of the basics of what's going on. Well, healthcare is no different, except that our stakes are really high and that when we don't have the best of the best working for us, or we can't seem to retain that talent that's so necessary, our our stakes are much, much higher. And people, you know, either don't get better or in worst case scenario, they they die. And so there's a, a real importance to really understanding and defining who you are so that you can attract and, and um, retain those top talent. Now, there's also a part where 
there are ethical standards and behaviors that are necessary in order for us to be who we say we are. And when you begin to really define what that culture is and what's important to you, you can actually do that in a much better way. And again, people can, can they can comply with expectations and what the path is if they understand what that is. So overall, corporate culture just really you know, helps define what the dynamic is. It helps drive performance. It helps us really establish and identify and create what our brand is in the marketplace. And I don't know a better way to do that. I think you touched on this, but we'll begin with question one. What do you see as the biggest challenge leadership faces for cultural change within any organization? I think it's two parts, but they're so intertwined, it would be really difficult to speak to one without the other. I I mentioned earlier workforce retention. That is critical. It's critical for all of us. My background is healthcare. That's what I know the most. Um, But you see it in every organization that that you um, work with or that you talk with. And it's not just the retention aspect of it, but there's a whole thread that seems to be missing or um, broken. And that is the communication aspect of who we are, what we do, where we're headed, what's important, how do we answer questions? How do we help to, as leaders, to, you know, help answer those crucial things that our employees are wanting to know, you know, the answers to so that they can align with who we are organizationally? And there seems to be a missing thread in that communication, which then creates dissatisfaction it creates disengagement and it creates a higher level of turnover or burnout rates because people can't, they just can't latch on to who, you know, what they're supposed to be doing or who we are organizationally and how do I fit? And that piece of how do I fit is what allows the retention factors and the engagement factors to improve and increase so that our customers and those we serve with, you know, within the team and with, and, outside of that are best taken care of. I I appreciate that you've identified that specific challenge, especially around communication and connectedness, because we specifically look at, you know, at Connectometrics at those, uh, you know, pieces of connecting and distancing, or do you understand your role at the organization? Has it been communicated effectively and clearly to you? So, you know, I think that is, that comes from the very top. You know, that comes from leaders, that comes from, you know, the C-suite. So when that is not there, it's really difficult for employees to understand where they fall and why why should they even be there? And that, again, as you said, reads back to that retention, recruitment, you know, productivity piece, which is so important in that healthcare sector. So Mm -hmm. what do you think that leaders can do to address this particular challenge that they are facing? Yeah, you know, first of all, you, you need to define very clearly who you are as an organization and what your leadership strategy is to make sure that that penetrates throughout the organization. So building mechanisms that cascade communication from that C-suite all the way to the frontline team members is critical. And what we find so often is that you know, the C-suite understands what's going on and they seem to do a decent job cascading it to a VP or a senior director, but then it hits mm-hmm. and it doesn't go any farther. 
And the the frontline team members and those who are leading on the front lines are the ones who really drive your organization to be excellent. They're the ones who are interfacing with each other all the time. They're really the ones who know what's going on. And so if we can't get those communications penetrated all the way through to that frontline team member who ultimately is at the bedside or at the customer side where they're taking care of those that we serve externally, then there really is a, a difficulty in making sure that that we're doing all we can um, as an organization to be the best that we can be. There are multiple areas that leaders need to excel. You know, we've called them soft skills for a really long time. And the reality is they're the hardest ones to learn. And so I, I heard them recently referred to as power skills. And we've been using that word um, to describe these because they're things like inspiring a vision and having em- empathic communication with each other and being able to engage people and be kind of that chief engagement experience officer for your internal and external customers. It's you know, allowing people to grow and develop within their space. And our number one job as leaders has always been to develop our team members and succession plan effectively, but we don't always know how to do that. And then, you know, there's always these, you know, how do we get the right people on board? And once we get them, then what do we do with them? And listening and all of these things that are so critical to leadership every single day that we so often take for granted, but we really can't. Because those are the skills that allow us to be able to do things like, let me share what our data looks like. Let me share, you know, what our our, um, bottom line metrics look like. Let me share what our financial situation is. But without all of those other behaviors that lead to building of trust, it doesn't matter to a frontline team member what the hard data looks like. They they don't trust, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's this whole aspect of leadership that, has got to really embrace who we are now culturally as a community at large, and then really make sure that our team members are feeling safe and valued and honored and respected for who they are individually that allows us to collectively be the excellent organization that we are. Thank you. That that was really impactful. Um, you know, I think it reflects back to executives, um, and leaders who hearing you talk about all the components, you know, it can feel very overwhelming. You know, we're not taught how to have effective communication strategies, how to consider employee well-being now, which is is a big component uh, of culture out there, as well as, you know, how anxiety impacts the workforce, both mm-hmm. in and outside. So, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I also love that you touched on the frontline worker and that person that's engaged most with your biggest asset, which is your your client, your patient, mm-hmm. your customer, makes such a huge difference in that experience uh, yes. of when someone is seeking care or, you know, at a care facility. So I think it's really great that you brought for our audience that piece to the forefront because it is so critical. So as we kind of wrap up, is there anything else you would like to share or touch on to help leaders address this type of challenge, but also maybe some tips or insights that you have learned along the way that might be helpful? Yeah, thank you for asking. You know, I think at the end of the day, as leaders, we have to remember that human connection is what drives happiness. 
There was an entire 80 plus year study that was done by Harvard and came out last year or so talking about what makes people the happiest down the line. And at the end of the day, it had to do with human connection and relationships. You know, a lot of the employee engagement survey tools um, measure that. You know, I cer- certainly Gallup measures that. And do you have a best friend at work? And do you have that connection point with your manager that allows you to be the best that you can be? There's a lot of organizations that study and really pay a lot of attention to what does that human connection point look like? From the clinician side, when they're working with patients, they there is direct correlation and it's researched quite extensively that when we um, are able to function in the compassion zone um, and with empathy and we're able to connect with our patients in a way that is meaningful and that allows us to reignite that passion of why we came into this in the first place, we start to see well-being increase. We start to see burnout rates decrease. We start to see retention rates increase. What that means for a clinician is that instead of the unfortunate data showing that um, there's a large percentage of physicians who would not practice again, given the opportunity to do so, we're trying to change that. And one way we do that is through a program that we offer called CSE Cares for Clinicians. And it's really around mastering the art of human connection with each other as colleagues, building collegiality and a sense of community with each other, but also building on and, and teaching and educating on what are those basic fundamentals that patients are wanting in their care interactions. And we find when we do this, we start to see that collegiality and community improve, which which improves retention rates and well-being rates. But we also start to see that patients' experience, as they describe it, becomes much better than when they go to a healthcare facility and they don't feel that connection with their physician. And ultimately, all we want to do is have every patient who has an interaction with their doctor say, oh my gosh, that's my favorite doctor. That's all we're looking for, you know? And then, and, and the energy that comes from that from on the clinician side is really, really palpable. Laura, I've enjoyed having you on today. Thank you so much for your insights. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And thank you for what you're doing and making connections and connecting data in the way that you do. I really appreciate your efforts. Thank you for joining the Leadership Levers podcast. You may find all our Leadership Levers episodes on our website at connect2metrics.com. Tune in weekly as we invite leaders to share their experiences in strengthening culture one action at a time.